Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've been studying through the early life of Saul after his conversion, and last time we looked at the ministry of Saul in the city of Damascus, and uh, later in the city of Jerusalem, we saw how he powerfully argued against the Jews, the Hellenistic Jews, uh, that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, and that he was giving convincing arguments uh, from the scriptures. Uh, while at the same time likely conveying to them what had happened to him while he was on the road to Damascus. Now, we don't see Saul again for several chapters uh, at the end of Acts chapter 9. The uh, book turns again and takes a look at some of the events that happen uh, in the ministry of Peter with uh, Cornelius, the Roman centurion in the city of Caesarea, and the gospel going into the household of this Gentile. This is really the precursor to uh, the ministry going out to Gentiles. And it happens through Peter. And uh, after this takes place at the end of Acts chapter 11, Luke shifts again from looking at this event uh, in the life of Peter around the city of Caesarea back north to Antioch in Syria. And we pick up the events there in Acts 11 and verse 19. So we'll begin reading there. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now, the persecution that rises because of Stephen and his martyrdom had dispersed 
many of the believers in Christ who had been located formerly within the city of Jerusalem. You remember in Acts chapter 2, after the day of Pentecost, you have a great multitude of people that's coming to faith in Christ, and the, the next chapters after that, their numbers are continuing to grow and being added to. But after Acts chapter 7 and the stoning of Stephen, the persecution of Christians begins within the city of Jerusalem, and so the followers of Christ flee the city in large numbers. And we're told here in Acts chapter 11 that they had gone out as far as Phoenicia. Now, this would have been the Mediterranean coast north of the land of Israel, would have included the cities of Tyre and Sidon and Byblos and perhaps the Old Testament site of Ugarit and some of those other areas. So they have they had gone as far as some of these Phoenician port cities and Cyprus, which is an island in the Mediterranean. This is the island where Barnabas was from, according to Acts chapter 4, and to Antioch in the region of Syria. And this is where a major church develops. There's a, a large contingent of Jerusalem Christians uh, who come to the city of Antioch and are operating here. So this is really our first glimpse into that church here in Acts chapter 11. Now we're told that men from the island of Cyprus and Cyrene had come to Antioch and were addressing the Hellenists, the Hellenistic Jews there also, preaching Jesus. These were likely uh, people who had originated in the Jerusalem church, who had fled to the island of Cyprus and some of these other places, and now they had come back to the city of Antioch and were reasoning with the Jews there and proclaiming Jesus in that city. We read in verse 21 that the hand of the Lord was with them so that many people believed. So what has happened formerly in Jerusalem is now happening in this northern city outside of the land of Israel in the city of Antioch. This is a wonderful example of the gospel beginning to spread beyond the borders of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Now we're getting to the far reaches uh, outside of Israel and eventually to the ends of the earth. And so uh, because of this, the church in Jerusalem that has remained, you know, the apostles remained there, uh, hears about what's happening at the city of Antioch, and they want to send Barnabas to Antioch as their emissary, as a, a commended missionary, you could think of him in this way, to help with the city and the church there in verse 22. This gives us a great example of one local church wanting to help out with the work of another church. So often today, many churches want to be entirely independent of one another, but that's really not the picture that we get from the New Testament. The church in Jerusalem and the church in Antioch didn't operate exclusively uh, from one another. The church in Jerusalem was happy to send a missionary to Antioch to assist with the building up of the church there as they see that the Lord is doing a good work there. They're excited to be involved with it and support that work. Are there churches, local churches, in our areas, in our networks that we can help support 
through perhaps the abundance that we might have in our own local church. And this might be financially or it might be with people and resources. Is there another uh, church? If you're a church leader, is there another church that could really benefit from uh, maybe uh, some individuals or service that could be performed from one church to another? Or perhaps even financial support. We should look for ways to encourage not only our own local church, but remembering that we're all part of the body of Christ universal. So Barnabas goes up to the city of Antioch, and he saw the grace of God displayed in many coming to salvation. And he was glad, and he encouraged the believers there to remain steadfast, to remain faithful to what they had learned and what they had uh, heard. Much of what church leaders should be doing today is encouraging faithfulness among their congregations. The Christian life is a life of needed perseverance. It's a long marathon. It's not, not, a, not a sprint. We need patient endurance and faithfulness to Christ for the long haul. And this is what good church leaders will do. They will encourage uh, believers within their congregations to remain faithful, to continue to remain steadfast, just as Barnabas does here. He's described as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Barnabas' ministry is never in the book of Acts flashy or showy. Um, it's, it's simple, and he's faithful. He's a man full of the Holy Spirit and filled with faith. And because of the good work going on at Antioch in verse 24, a great many people were added to the Lord. What a great testimony for a church to have in an area. Now in verse 25, and this is probably because of the uh, disputes and debates with the Hellenists, Barnabas actually goes to Tarsus from Antioch to search for Saul. He knew that Saul had been sent there uh, when there was a plan by the Jews in Jerusalem to put him to death. So he looks for Saul in the city of Tarsus. Uh, he probably thought Saul could be of help uh, for his part, arguing persuasively against the Hellenistic Jews. And he acts to meet the need that he sees in the church in Antioch. He finds Saul, brings him back, and for a whole year, they're meeting with the church, teaching at Antioch. And this is where disciples of Christ were first called Christians, which simply means followers of Christ, those who belong to Christ. Now, in verses 27 through 30, we see that part of their ministry has to do with uh, supporting others in their need. Prophets are said to come down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Who are these individuals, these so-called prophets? Well, in the New Testament, just as in the Old Testament, there were people that were specially gifted by the Holy Spirit with the gift of prophecy, which is less about predicting the future, although sometimes it could include that, but more about revealing something directly from Christ as God to his people. They're communicating the word of the Lord to uh, the people, to the church. One of these prophets, we're told in verse 28, is a man by the name of Agabus. 
and he predicted by the spirit a famine over all the world which would take place in the days of the emperor Claudius. Now, several extra-biblical writers have confirmed that this event, this famine, actually did take place. You can look into the writings of Tacitus, Josephus, and Suetonius, who are each outside of the biblical texts. They're writing with their own perspectives and their own views. Uh, Jewish is, uh, Josephus is a first century uh, Jewish historian. The others are more Roman historians. And from their works, we can conclude this famine occurs in about A.D. 45 or 46. So now we're a little over uh, 10 years past Saul's conversion. The response of the church in Antioch is to help the brethren who are living in Judea. And to do this, they're going to send a care package, uh, which is most likely a financial gift uh, perhaps gold, silver, or coins, and the couriers are going to be Barnabas and Saul. Now, this indicates a couple of things for us. It shows us that the church at Antioch considers these men to be trustworthy in the eyes of the Antiochian church. Uh, they, in other words, wouldn't worry about Barnabas and Saul stealing uh, from the church. They were men of good reputation, and uh, they were entrusted with this financial gift to take from Antioch in the north down to the city of Jerusalem in the south and uh, give it to the elders of the church there. There's also an indication in the order of their names that shows that Barnabas, uh, at this point, was given probably a priority as the leader of this pair. And that's going to continue uh, all the way until we get to Acts chapter 13. And then Luke is going to shift this around so that Paul's name is going to be listed first in the pairing. And I think there's a purpose for that. When we get to Acts 13, I'll make some further comments on that. But at this point, they are entrusted with this financial gift to take down to the city of Jerusalem. Again, this gives us a great picture of churches not being independent and exclusive from one another, but supporting one another and building each other up in the body of Christ. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.